You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are starting a brand new series this morning. It's our Christmas series called A Generous Life. And, uh, and one of the things that we know about Christmas is that around this time, around November, there's some fights that happen. Don't you say, Jesse, fights? What are you talking about? Well, if you look anywhere on social media, there's the people that believe that you shouldn't decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving, right? And then there's those who believe that November 1st, you can start decorating. And and I'll tell you in a little bit which camp I land in, but uh, one of the things that that I know is that um, at this point, there's no more fighting. Everybody's excited about Christmas. Everybody's moving forward, excited about this season, excited about what it represents, excited about buying things and shopping and those kind of things. But, uh, but more than that, um, for me, um, I walked into my bathroom on November 1st, and this is what I saw, okay? Yikes, okay? Scary moment for me. Now you know what camp I fall in because um, there was no warning, right? I walked in this, and I mean, how many of you want... Frosty and Santa looking at you when you use the bathroom, right? Uh, not a good look. And, and so, um, you know, I wanted to uh, tell my wife, hey, let's take these down until after Thanksgiving. But, you know, you got to choose your battles, man, okay? And this is not one of them that you should fight, okay? So you just kind of walk in there and say, okay, and, uh, and you deal with it, okay? But uh, now it is after Thanksgiving, and we are ready to dive in fully. So I'm sure more decorations will come out. But we know when it comes to Christmas, um, most people are on board for Christmas decorations, Christmas music, Christmas movies, unless you're a Grinch, right? And then th- there's those few, right, that just, it's just not going to happen. But at Christmas time, we give gifts and money's flying out the window. And, and there's some stats that we've seen um, that every family usually spends about $1,000. And I think this is a low number, right, that every Christmas they spend about $1,000 between gifts, decorations, and food. Um, over one in five people in America during Christmas time, they go into some kind of debt. Uh, so they're going to go in debt, right, to provide Christmas. And, and not only that, but I thought this was a staggering number here, that $15.2 billion are spent every year in unwanted gifts, right? So all those gifts that your grandma gives you, right, that just kind of sit there, right, $15.2 billion gets spent on those. So there is a lot of money happening, getting thrown around, on Christmas, and it has become this consumeristic holiday, and that's okay, right? We enjoy all the consumer parts of it. We enjoy that, but more than that, I think God wants us to get back to the heart of Christmas, and the heart of Christmas is that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus for us, right? So that anybody who believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life, but the key word there is that God gave, and in this holiday season, The goal that we desire for our church, the goal that we desire for you, is that we would be generous, that we would be generous people, that we would find ways that we can give to others, that we can find ways that we can be kind to others, that we can look for needs and meet those needs, that we could be generous people. And to get the heart of Christmas is a heart of giving, a heart of generosity, to live a generous life. So we're going to be talking about money over these next couple of weeks. And I know, right? Red flags, pastors talking about money, right? What's going on here? You're thinking, oh, no, here we go. They just want our money. But let's dispel a little bit of the stereotype there that we don't want 
your money. That it's not about that. God doesn't want your money. What God wants is your heart. And it's easy for us to believe that God wants our money, that a church wants your money, but the reality is, is that our hearts and our money go together, right? And if you look at how you spend your money, it'll tell you a lot about your heart. It'll tell you a lot about the things that you care about. It'll tell you about the things that are important to you. So when it comes to our hearts, it's important that we get this money thing right. It's important that we get aligned with God when it comes to money. If not, our hearts will be far from him. So I want you to see the tagline in this series is, is this, that, that God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And, and what the goal is here is that God would transform your heart in such a way that you become a generous person. That for the rest of your life, it's not a one-time moment where we're asking you to give and you give and then that's it. No, no. God's desire is for you to live a generous life, for you to be a generous person, for something to happen in your heart that transforms you forever. When it comes to my kids, there's moments when there's some teaching opportunities, right? And we have those moments all the time now, right? You've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. And this one-year-old loves to beat up his sister already, okay? He's a little boy that likes to wrestle and stuff. And, and so there's these moments where I have to teach Ellie to share with her brother. There's some moments when I have to tell Ellie to give to her brother. And there's some times that it would be much easier not to fight that battle. But as a good father, you want to teach your kids a heart. You want to teach them a heart of gratitude. You want to teach them a heart of giving. You want to teach them a heart and that heart takes time to develop. And God understands that. And the reality is, is that he's a good father. And he's wanting to teach you and I things and lessons. And there's lessons that come our way on a regular basis where he's trying to teach us something. And one of those things in this season that comes really easy is this idea of generosity. This idea of giving. So let me ask you, how are you doing with your generosity? How are you doing with your giving? How are you doing with your money? Does God have your heart or does money have a hold of your heart? And it's some good questions for us to begin to ask ourselves and it's some things that we should begin to dive into. But this week, we're gonna just kind of intro this and we're gonna intro it by getting into Matthew. Matthew, sorry, let's go to Luke chapter 12, actually. Luke chapter 12 because in this passage, it's going to outline for us God's heart. Because I think that's the important thing, right? Um, for me, I'm always looking for people to model myself after. And what I mean by that is that if there's somebody who has a good marriage, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to look at the way that they operate in their marriage. And I'm going to try to model after them some things that I can learn. If there's somebody that's generous, I'm going to look at their life and I'm going to say, wow, I'm learning some things from them. And what needs to happen for us to become more generous is we need to begin to look at God. And we need to see how generous he is. That from the very beginning, he's been generous to us. That from the very beginning, he has poured out grace. He has poured out more than we deserve. He's poured out so, so much. And if we want to learn generosity, let's get our eyes on him and let's model ourselves after him. So Luke chapter 12, verses 20 through 22 through 28. 
It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. So first off, man, this is easier said than done, right? Right? To, to not worry about what you're going to eat, to not worry about what you're going to wear, to not worry about physical things. But the heart of this message from Jesus is saying, listen, the reason that you shouldn't worry is because God cares about you, because God loves you and he's going to meet your needs. Does that mean we get to sit around and not do anything? No, we are part of this equation and work is part of that, but God wants to provide for you. He wants to take care of your needs. He wants to help you. And because of that, you don't have to worry about your life. He goes on, he says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. He says, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. So let's stop right here because that is such an important line as we open this series. Are you more valuable than birds? Yes, you are. You're more valuable than birds? Anybody feel happy this morning? You can leave here saying, yes, I'm more valuable than birds. Thank the Lord, right? I mean, good things. The preacher preached some good things this morning. My, my self-confidence is really high this morning. I'm more valuable than birds. But seriously, right, God looks at us and he's saying, listen, I take care of the birds. They never go without. They're taken care of. They never have to worry about food. They never have to worry about anything. I take care of them. Don't you think I care about you? I care about you more than I care about the birds. I'm going to make sure you're okay. I'm going to make sure that your needs are taken care of. Because who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? He says, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So what is he saying here? He's saying you're important to him. Listen, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on there, right? It'd be like the glamour shot of you in eighth grade with the puffy hair and stuff. And, uh, and you know, he'd be looking at you like, they're important to me. God thinks you're important. And some people are laughing because they really do have something like that, I think. But God thinks you're important. God looks at you and he values you and he wants to meet your needs. He wants to take care of you. I was talking to my grandmother this week, and she was listening to the Thanksgiving service last week. And she said, I was crying because I was remembering a time in your life and uh, a time when I was so worried about you. I was so worried that your needs weren't going to be met. I was so worried about everything. And it's a time in my life when I moved to Dallas uh, to go to Bible college. And she said, uh, your parents dropped you off at Bible college and I called them on the way back, and I said, go pick him up. Go pick him up. What are you thinking? It's Dallas. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have anything. And you're dropping him off? Are you crazy? Go pick him up. And she says, I hung up the phone. I was crying. I was worried. 
They're saying, no, we're, we're leaving them. No, we're not going to go pick them up. And she said, God spoke to me, and God said, I'm going to take care of Jesse. You don't have to worry about him. I want him to be in Dallas. I want him to be at this Bible school, and I'm going to take care of him. You don't need to worry about him. She continued to fight him, and God says, I am going to take care of him. And you know what the reality is all these years later, 15, 16 years later now? God took care of me as a 19-year-old kid going to Dallas, Texas all by myself. God met my needs. He met my needs for that school. He provided a car for me eventually. He provided food for me, as you can tell, right? I'm not lacking in that area. God took care of me, and God will take care of you too as you pursue his will for your life. God wants to take care of you. Does that mean everything's going to be perfect? Am I saying here that when you give $5 that God's going to give $5 back to you? No, I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is that sometimes when we give, God repays us with joy. How many of you ever had that moment when you gave to somebody and, man, you feel joyful about it? You're excited about life because you had the opportunity to give to somebody else. God finds ways to repay you. He finds ways to bless you when you're a giver, when you're generous. But at the same time, we have to get this thought in our mind because what God is telling us here in this opening passage that I just read is that he owns everything. He owns everything. So he's saying here, you don't have to worry because I own all the food in the world. You don't have to worry because I own all the clothes in the world. You don't have to worry because I own all of this. And because I own all of this, I'm going to take care of you. So it's important that you get that mindset that the things that you have, you don't really own. God's just letting you borrow them. How many of you have ever had that moment where you let somebody borrow something and they kept it for way longer than they should have, right? Everybody's had that, right? The lawnmower, right? Something, you know, a book for me. I've given books away, still no longer see them, but... I've done the same, right? I've got some books in my library that belong to somebody else. I remember one of those books, 20 years ago now, probably my youth pastor gave it to me to borrow, and it's still in my bookshelf, right? It's still there, and uh, he moved away, and I never got to give it back. And, but when I look at that book and I hold that book in my hands, I think, this is Eric's book. And I treat that book a little bit differently than I do all the other books because this is Eric's. It's been 20 years. It's mine now, right? Probably, but in my head, this is still Eric's book. And I'm telling you, when it comes to our things, we always need to have that mindset. This is God's money. This is God's house. This is God's clothes. This is God's car. And however he wants me to use it, however he wants me to be generous with it, it's his. He gets to call the shots. He gets to tell me how to be faithful with it. He gets to tell me how he wants me to use it because it belongs to him and we should be a little bit more careful with it because it belongs to him and we need to be good stewards of the things that he's given us. Psalm 24, 1 and 2, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and he built it on the ocean depths. God owns it all. It all belongs to him. So when we have this moment where God tells us to give something, our response should be like, okay, God, it's yours. If that's what you want. 
If that's what you want, that's what I'm going to do because it's yours. And because everything belongs to you, I know you're going to take care of my needs in the process as well. And God is so good about doing that. He's so good about taking care of us in the process as we help others. He blesses us as we bless others so often. But as we continue in those verses from Luke, it says, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. Such a powerful verse in Scripture. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. And all this is saying is it's saying, when we put God first, God takes care of all these other things. It's amazing how God takes care of us when he is first in our lives. When we recognize that it all belongs to him, when he's number one in our lives, it becomes much easier to give. It becomes much easier to live. It becomes much easier not to worry because we know God's number one in my life, and he's taking care of these things. So it says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, saying, be generous. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me just read that last verse one more time. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So listen, back to the beginning here. Your heart matters to God. And your heart tells a lot about your treasure and what you treasure the most. So what is God trying to do in our hearts in this series? I believe what God is trying to do is he's trying to align our heart with his heart. He's trying to get our views on money to look like his views on money, our views on giving to look like his views on giving. That's what God is trying to do with us because God has a heart of giving and he wants us, his kids, to have a heart of giving. Let me give you an example. Some of you have heard this before, but years ago, um, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and they've got this beautiful area where you can ride in this little boat and check out the whole city. It takes you through the city in these streams. And so we're riding in this. I've got a one-year-old daughter at the time, Ellie. And uh, Ellie is on this boat, and there's another family there with this little boy that's about three years old. And this little boy was having the roughest time of his life. He was terrified to be on the boat, uh, and he was crying his head off. He, anybody, any parents ever been there before? Yes, I think we've all been there before. Well, in this moment, Ellie is sitting there, and Ellie has her prized possession. And Ellie's prized possession at that time is her pacifier, okay? That thing went everywhere. Like, we would be having a moment like that, too, if she didn't have her pacifier in that moment, okay? Like, that was her thing, and if she ever lost it, things got crazy. And so we're sitting there. Ellie has her little pacifier in her mouth. This little boy's crying. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Ellie looks over at this little boy, she pops her pacifier out. She takes a couple of steps over to him, and she hands him the pacifier. And she's like, hey, you look like you need this more than I do. I think that's, that's what she was saying in, you know, baby talk, you know. And so, so she hands him this pacifier, and, uh, and, you know, he doesn't want it, but he just kind of holds it in his hand. And, and he stops crying a little bit and everything. But you know what? In that moment, I was so proud I was so proud because Ellie was willing to give her prized possession to help somebody else. 
And I beamed as a father in that moment because the thing that mattered most to her, she was willing to give it to somebody else. She was willing to give it to somebody else to help them. And when we give and we're generous with others, I'm telling you, God smiles. He gets excited about your generosity. He gets excited about your ability to give. He gets excited about your heart to help others. He gets excited and he beams from heaven whenever you give to help others, whenever you have a generous heart. God desires for us to have a generous heart because he has a generous heart. And he wants to see the generous heart that he has develop inside of us and impact this world in ways that, man, this world has never even seen before. That's what God desires in us. So throughout this series, the heart is, how can you be a generous person? How can you be a generous person so that when you walk through this world, this world is different because of your generosity? The world is impacted because of how you've made a difference. Not only that, but uh, let's go beyond individuals how can we be a generous church? How can we be the kind of church that when people drive by, they say, wow, that church really helps this community. Man, this church really helps this community. They, they do hands and feet of Jesus kind of things. They help others. They love others. They provide needs. How can we be the kind of church that when there's a need that arises in our community, that we're there to meet that need? How can we do that? It happens with generous people. It happens with generosity. It happens with hearts that want to give and hearts that want to help. And the way that we do that is by getting close with God, by getting close with him and letting his generous heart develop in our heart. Because for God so loved the world that he gave, we so love our Father God that we give. And that's why we give, because he's a giver and we want to be like him. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.